What is up, basketball fans? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. Loaded show today. Steve, Jake, and myself. We got the big three back in action. Last couple of weeks, we've had some guys on the injury report. But we're solid now. We're, we're, we're more solid than people slipping on the floor during warm-ups. Um, we got the whole crew today. How how we doing, fellas? There's no load management here. Listen, if we're ready to go, we're ready to go. All right? We only sit out with real injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great, Tony. Best time of the year. You know, we talked about it last week. We're in full swing. Conference terms of college basketball are in full swing. The NBA's getting crazy. These playoff races are wild, and I told you guys, I can't wait to talk about the East, the West. I'm absolutely disgusted, repulsed. I might, I might, I might take this jersey off the wall at this point. I might take this jersey off the wall. The West playoffs have just been an absolute mess, but I can't wait. It's like I said, this is the best time of the year for basketball fans. It's March. Weather's getting a little warmer. Basketball's in full swing, and we got the full crew here again. We got the whole squad back. back. So what could be yeah. better? Well, it could be better for Kevin Durant because we're starting in the Dang. news, folks. We're starting right off with it. We got to get the salty stuff, the sad stuff out of the way. Kevin Durant last night, I believe he was poised to make his Phoenix Suns home debut. I, I don't think he's even played a home game in front of Suns fans yet. Slipped on the court. Nasty when the the still image that I think Al sent into our group chat this morning. Oh. The still image of him rolling his ankle was brutal, man. Flipped yeah. sideways. Tough, man. Found out this morning. Obviously, last night he didn't play. Found out this morning. Grade two ankle sprain. We were talking about it just before we got on here. He's set to miss at least four to six weeks. Going to miss the re- rest of the regular season. Probably going to miss sometimes early playoffs. Um, and, you know, above all, you know, just having KD out of basketball longer, which we've already talked about earlier in this year, is just sucks. The NBA is better when KD's playing. But you got to be a little worried for the Phoenix Suns here. Like, if yeah. if Kevin Durant misses a full series for this team, depending who they play, I mean, we, we, we might be a little worried, no? I would be a little worried because what have we been saying about the Suns before they got Durant? And this is when they had Mikel Bridges. They just looked off a little bit at the start of this year. Mm -hmm. And I know Devin Booker's back, and that's obviously a big boost, and that's going to help. But we had concerns about them ever since the playoffs last year. The start of this year, they started slow, and we're like, Katie's going to be the guy that's going to kind of fix everything, right? And now it's like, okay, you don't have Kevin Durant. You might not have him for the first series of playoffs. You lost Mikael Bridges. Other guys got to step up. And they have, to a point this year, Kogi and Torrey Craig have really stepped up when they needed to this year. But a lot's going to rely on Devin Booker again. And if Devin Booker can't be putting up those types of numbers he did in previous runs, it's a big, it's a big question mark because right now, Donnie, we don't really know who the Suns are even going to go up against. The West is a mess from seed two all the way down to the playing games. It's an absolute mess. We have no idea who they're going to go up against. You think the Suns would want to go up against a Warriors team with a healthy Steph Curry? I that's sure as hell would be right now. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a mess right now. We really don't know what team they would go up against. I don't know if Katie's if Katie's not ready. And this is the thing, right? We don't even know if it'd be 100 percent, even if he is ready for the first playoff series. So I think it's a huge concern and it's a big concern for Suns fans, which 
have been on the roller coaster of season, but at one point after the KD deal, especially when he was coming back, you almost you saw flashes in those couple games of oh what this team could be, what the potential could be. As far as people saying, oh, this team would take out the Nuggets in a series, and now once again we're back to square one where it's like, all right, the Suns just got to kind of figure it out. Yep. What do you think, Jake? I mean, they're. I think they're kind of screwed, honestly. Like they gave up yeah. all their depth. They traded all their wings for KD, and now they have, like, you can. It's going to be really hard to guard for them the rest of the way. And luck. I think the only benefit for them is the shape of the rest of the West, as you were mentioning there, Steve. It's just gross right now. Like the Grizzlies, who knows what they're going to be going mm-hmm. forward, as we'll get into a little bit. Golden State is the best team in the league at home and consequently the worst team in the league on the road so you literally they better be a four seed at least in the first round and then who knows they like who knows what that they're going to look like in the playoffs the clippers are fool's gold like they are they look awesome one night look like title contenders and the next night look like they don't know how to play together none of us are going to trust minnesota like i'm just going down the list like they're all these teams have major flaws and if you still have devin booker and you know chris paul who can maybe do something the next month i, I would hope that the, his best play he was hopefully i mean if i was him saving his like best play in his balls of the wall like willing to go 35 minutes back-to-back nights and stuff for this time of year now he really needs to do it it's just the shape of the west that might save them but you look at the, their roster compared to these teams i take most of the other teams without kevin durant on the on the ugh, on the court for the suns i'll take most of the other teams in the conference cared on paper yeah, man, like uh, the more we've brought it up from, you know, the first few seconds of the show, the more I realized the, the Suns would have no chance against a healthy Warriors team yeah, without KD, without mm-hmm. KD, of course. Agreed. Like if Andrew Wiggins is back playing basketball, you have Steph back, you have obviously Draymond's been back and Clay, and then these other guys who have kind of started to figure it out a little bit more. I think they're starting to get a little bit more production out of out of you know the the bench rotation guys that we've seen although Andre I saw Andre Iguodala get some minutes the other night <laughs> he looked as old as he is out there <laughs> <laughs> but no serious oh. on a serious note like I do I really do not think the Suns team would stand a chance against yeah kind of like you guys were just saying I don't know I mean unless they dropped in or somehow moved up and, and they, they find themselves playing a Timberwolves team, maybe I could see them get by there. But, I mean, you go through the rest of the teams. Um, if Jaws back, I don't think the, I don't think they beat the Grizzlies. I don't think they beat the Clippers. I don't think they beat the Mavs, even the Lakers. Like, this is, it, it, you know, it's one freak thing that happens in warm-ups. And because of that, you know, that ante and that bundle that you gave up for Kevin Durant, this is the reality of it. You know, it's it's one thing if it didn't work out in the next couple of years and you don't get a championship. Well, you don't really ever think of this situation where a guy gets hurt in warmups and it could affect the whole rest of your season. And here you are with no depth, no good defending wings. Um, and yeah, it's just just scary times for the Suns. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll stay with the bad news, guys. Right. I just mentioned the Grizzlies. So it made me think about Ja and yep. obviously you know this happened almost a week ago now so we don't have to we don't have to get into the craziness of it we don't have to dive in too much here but obviously everyone knows the story by now John Morant 
um, is missing games. At first, it was him stepping away from basketball. Now he's he's going to be away from the Grizzlies for at least four games. I think that's partial suspension, partial him stepping away. But John Morant, uh, last Saturday night, I believe, or Friday night against Denver, he posted a – well, he was – on Instagram Live, flashing a gun shirtless in a club. Um, obviously wrong for a lot of different reasons. You know, we think back to the Gilbert Arenas days where he brought a gun into the locker room and was suspended 50 games. So now people are speculating that that may happen to John Morant. I think the NBA is still trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, punish him and see what they're going to do with his future this season. And maybe even further than that. And then also it's come out, you know, there's there's certain gun laws in Denver where the game was played and the police are looking into it now. And just obviously it's been all over the news. Everyone's had their opinions. Um, you know, I mean, you guys can say your opinion if you like. I've kind of it's it's kind of past the opinion part for me. Like, obviously, I think it was stupid. I think we've all read jaw's um statement to the public that he put out on social media before hopping off social media for a while i think it's a dumb decision i think he knows that at this point but it's also just crazy ramifications and crazy backlash that the memphis grizzlies as a whole are gonna have to deal with and you know they were kind of in the driver's seat out outside of the denver nuggets they were in a really good spot this year in the western conference and now it, it, it's kind of collapsing. Their season's kind of collapsing just because of this one mistake from John Morant. So there's a couple different ways to look at it. I'm going to look at it really high level. And the most unfortunate thing I think for Ja, even if he, if obviously hoping he gets whatever help he needs in this situation, whatever's actually going on with John Morant, I think everybody just wants him. The main thing to just figure it out and, and come out learning something from this because it is just a pattern whether whatever you want to say about what he did if he's guilty for all these things or not whatever the fact that he's continuously in these situations even if he is yeah. not at fault for anything which maybe he's not at fault for one or two things but it's hard to believe that he's not at fault for all these things but just to be in these situations there are ways to avoid these situations that you go around so that's the beginning of it the fortunate thing is that people are going to have a stigma on john no matter what he does he could become the biggest humanitarian in the world and there are still going to be people who think of him a certain way because of this and i think that's the unfortunate thing and the sad thing about this because we just want john to be fun right like the last couple of years john was just a joy like last i remember we talked about a lot on this podcast last year how much we loved watching the grizzlies loved watching their team and everything else and something has turned this whole year yeah. and it isn't just jaw it's the whole roster there was a big talk last year about that how they didn't have a lot of vets on there how much of a vet presence should be on a team like that and everything else and i think clearly you're seeing the ramifications of that like steven adams can't just hold he's a big guy but he can't hold all this crazy group of kids together um it's just it's it's an unfortunate situation from that standpoint hopefully obviously we want jaw to come out better from this but it seems to be and i think that smarter people who have been in these situations talking about it. And I'm talking about Jalen Rose and Carmelo Anthony, who said specifically poignant things from their personal experiences and being caught up in situations that's like, you need to surround yourself with people and understand where you are in the totem pole of your life and everything like that. And he's only 21, 22, whatever, like whatever he is. If like, 
it's hard to have that kind of responsibility. So I think there's a lot of hope that Ja can come out of this. But if the consequences are 50 games because he flew on a team plane with a firearm, then he has to, that's the consequence he has to learn and letting his team down, whatever, like that, hopefully that reforms him and makes him not do something like this again. But it's some crazy shit that's been said too. Like there's, there is a way to come after Ja in the right way, but like there's clearly something else going on here too. Yeah, I, that's what I think. I think a lot of it is with Ja in his own head, almost mentally or whatnot, because, you know, this is an example. I know people make a joke of it, but he didn't kind of grow up in that type of life, right? Ja didn't really grow up in that type of life. Yeah. And now you see him just getting in trouble again and again. And sometimes, you know, you're so inexperienced, you're put in a bad situation and you can't help yourself. I will give Ja credit where he said he is going to try to get help. He's going to try to get help. And I think we can all agree. Take all the off-court things. I can say Ja's a competitor on the court. He is someone who wants to win. He's not someone who's just going to check out a basketball. Yes, he's had a rocky road these past couple of weeks, a very rocky road. But Ja is someone who I truly believe if he really wants to, you know, focus on basketball and just get back to just basketball, he can do it. And maybe some time away from the team is good for him. Maybe a lengthy period of time is good for him. However, it's not good for the Memphis Grizzlies. It's not good for the Memphis Grizzlies at all. In whatever way you want to put it, they are a much better basketball team with Ja on the court than they are without. Even with all the distractions, the Grizzlies have lost three straight. I like Tyus Jones. He's a good player. He's not Ja Morant. No. So it's a really tough situation for the Grizzlies because you have a player who, like we said, is the future of your team. This is a young player still that is a future superstar in this league for your team. And right now you're just hoping he can get back to just playing basketball. And you have that giant distraction weighing on with your team's success. The Grizzlies, not only are they going to fall, you know, down in the playoff, you know, standings, they could potentially fall down to getting close to that play in game, the way they've been playing lately. And this has not been the only thing that's been happening with the Grizzlies. You've had off the court issues the entire year. And like you said, Jake, I think it comes down to having just a lot of young players, a lot of inexperienced guys on the same team with no true leader. So I hope and I'm not, hate, I think, and this is not hate to the city of Memphis either, but that is a no. city that kids that young kids can get in a lot of trouble. in if they want agree, it is a fun Absolutely. city. It is a lovely city and it's a city like, Miami, Houston, any of the, Atlanta, any of these cities where you can live a certain lifestyle if you want to, and that can get you in trouble in the NBA. Like we've, it's endless, countless stories. This is not an out of pocket thing to say. This is a very like well sourced thing, and I think that has something to do with it too. Just like the entire environment that he is, and not having those veterans keep going. Those two. And, and well, and I was going to say too, you look at the other players on this team. You got Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, two other examples who are big players on this team. They're not afraid to speak their mind. They're not afraid to run their mouth. They've all got a little bit of that cocky, arrogant swagger to them. This whole team does. Whether they deserve to have it or not, that's a whole nother question. But it's yeah. like you could just tell with this team. So this is just a really, really bad situation for these Grizzlies to be in because it's not only like, yeah, you got to focus on still trying to get to the playoffs, getting your team back. But you have to care about John Morant and make sure that he's checked into this team, he's checked into basketball, and that he can put everything off the court aside and you know learn and move on from that. And right now, the direction Ja's been heading in these past few weeks, he's going, he's trending downwards rather than upwards. And that's a really big concern to have for 
a superstar, you know, franchise type player that could have been one of the faces in the NBA going forward. Yeah. And how about just the day that, you know, every, obviously it was, it was Saturday morning, but it happened, the incident happened Friday night with Ja. But how about that Saturday morning? The, the Grizzlies, you know, they have to put out a statement about Ja. Then a few minutes later, they announced Brandon Clark's out for the season with an injury. Yep. And then right after that, they announced that Dylan Brooks, uh, he received his 16th technical the game before, and he will serve as suspension. Six, on 16 technicals in what, 60 games is insane. Yeah. It's Dylan insane. Brooks, remember you when, aren't remember that when, guy, Dylan Brooks. You're not that Draymond, guy. I, I can't. Oh. When Draymond got suspended in the finals. That was cuz it was his 16th technical yes. that game. It was game you know 5 of the finals. The you finals. You know what's crazy though? Draymond already has 15 this year. <laughs> well, is that is well, that surprising? That surprising? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because this is a perfect perfect well, before we go, Grizzlies 4 and 7 without Ja Morant this year as well. So not yeah. last year they were awesome without Ja. This year not the same deal. Um Let's. This is perfect segue into the biggest story in the NBA that is yeah. not player related, and it is with Fred VanVleet who, who started oh, off, went off last night, oh, and yeah. just Fred Van in the nicest, most Canadian. He's not Canadian, but it was a very like the most nicest, <laughs> soft Canadian tone. Silently, absolutely eviscerated. I. We can talk if it's all officials. I think we know exactly who the official or at least the one or two officials that he is targeting with this rant and just completely went off on him. We we could show it on here if we want to, whatever. Yeah. This I was going to say, I can pull it up and pull, yeah, it. Yeah, pull, pull it up. Pull it up. But let's give some context to this the other night because the, the Raptors had two games in Denver, right? They, they were, it was they, two games back to back in Denver. So the Scotty incident happened there, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Scott, Scotty Barnes, it's like 114, 113 late in the game. Scotty Barnes says something. It's not even clear. It's not an outburst at all. We do see him say something. He said he was talking to himself more than anything. Scott Foster kicks him out immediately with 48 seconds left in a one-point game, kicking out arguably, I mean, Pascal's probably their best player, one of the best players in the end of this game. The Raptors end up losing. Scotty doesn't know why he gets kicked out. Fred Van Vliet, he got a technical last night, right? Said shifted the momentum of the game, everything else. And then, Dunny, do you have this uh, – have this up or is it loading up? I got it queued up right here. So yeah, this is this is Fred's comments from last night. Uh, the the beginning is by far my favorite part. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fuck the game up you know and it's, it's it's been like that a couple couple games in a row um denver was tough obviously you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bullshit tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um just kind of fucks the game up nobody's coming to see that shit they come to see the players and um i think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was, and um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Now it's Fred Van Fleet. 
Yeah. Wild, bro. It's I, I say I love the beginning because he went about it and not only did he not like lose his cool at all, and he was literally just speaking the, the most truth he possibly could on how he felt. And I love just how he gets, you know, I, I'm probably going to get a fine for this, but I don't care. Like he just, yep. you know, he doesn't leave it up for discussion. He's most definitely getting fined, but it's, oh, yeah. he was just oh, yeah. as, He's as real as real can be <laughs> speaking for so many other players, um, you know, one of which happened to be Marcus Smart because he got asked at just practice today because the Celtics are about to go on a road trip. He got asked today about his foul trouble lately. You know, he's been taken out of games, not because he fouled. Well, he fouled out on Sunday night. And then um, Wednesday night, last night, he was in foul trouble early. They asked him about that. He said, I'm going to let Fred do all the talking for me, referring to that clip, because obviously he saw it when he woke up this morning. And, yeah, it's just. Who was the, uh, uh, who was the ref for you guys last night? Do you remember? Um, I honestly don't remember the officiating crew, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, a good thing. Did you guys yeah, see what Giannis said too? Giannis post game mm-hmm. press conference after the refs were terrible and that I forget which game it was, and they were asking Giannis about it. And he starts talking a little bit. And he's like, "Wait a sec. He goes, "If I talk about the refs on here, will I get fined?" He's like, "If I talk about how bad the refs were, will I get fined?" And they're like, "Yeah, you'll 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 get fined like twenty thousand or something." He's like, "Okay." I won't say anything about the refs. I got diapers to pay for. But it's like all, all these – it's the most Yadis answer ever. Yeah, but it's like is. all these players are basically saying, yo, these refs stink. And it's, yeah. and it's not all of them, but it is a select group where it's not just a few players now. You're starting to hear kind of not just the vocal minority. You're starting to hear a lot of players not only defend other players but also make their comments too, whether it's post-game profit concerts conferences sideline reported whatever it is they're just making these small comments where they're like the refereeing right now is just not what it needs to be hey man it's crazy that you can look at the refs of a certain game and know if your team if you think your team is going to win the game or not and it's stupid the only other sport that i've ever seen that baseball it happens a little bit just because of strike zone but it's strike zones it's not because of like you know, judgment right. calls and every and basketball is basketball is interesting. It's like the most interesting sport with with the like connection with referees because they can change so much. Like they're literally awarding you points every like more. There's no other sport where a ref is just like here, go go get a point for free. <laughs> like it doesn't happen anywhere else. And it's so it's so intimate with like seeing these guys every single time you go out too and everything. But the fact that we know who the refs like Ben Taylor, one of the worst refs in the NBA, Zach Zarba, one of the worst refs. Zarba had my game. Didn't he have Celtics? I think he had Celtics Cavs on I Monday. Think he did. He's he's probably and my horrible, least favorite. Horrible. We're both text. We're texting during this game. The refs are fucking us both in this game. Like literally, just agreeing that the refs are just horrible in this game. Like Scott Foster, as we talked about at the top. Like Scott Foster has been like a main character on this podcast because of how bad yeah. of a referee he yes. is. Like it's. It shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way in this sport. It's ridiculous. Dude, Scott Scott Foster like influences betting lines in some cases. That's like <laughs> the Chris the Paul that, Scott Fo- Foster trend is that's wild. so. Oh, yeah, I, I bet against it every time. I've made so much money off that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Like, it's not only are the players do they have specific names of guys, and like Van Fleet was even went the extra mile to 
compliment the other referees. He's like, they're just out here doing their job. You know, they're nice. They, they speak their minds, this and that. But like the fact that fans have the specific refs they can call out on a dime. And it's like, and not even like casual basketball fans know the whole Scott Foster deal. Mm-hmm. And then players obviously have their own specific guys. And then the fact that those guys align, like we're all talking about yeah. the same three, four dudes here. Um, definitely makes you raise an eyebrow at the NBA. I'm interested to see, like, obviously Van Fleet's going to get a, a, a hefty fine from the NBA, but I wonder, you know, if we do see a little change and, you know, I, I mean, you'd have to assume Scott Foster's probably on his way out soon anyway. He's getting up there. But I don't know. This, this I think this, I don't think this saga is over between uh, – players speaking their mind like that and then referees kind of targeting certain players i'm sure we'll see more of it well i it sure hell ain't gonna help fred van fleet get any calls going forward that's <laughs> no. fred's not getting I mean, any calls no, he's no, not getting kidding. that treatment he's not getting that treatment <laughs> i'm sure nurse was pissed about that he's like how are we supposed to scrape and claw our way into the playoffs if you're doing some dumb shit like that they did i but, mean the uh, scotty ejection was one of the worst things i've ever seen oh like, that he didn't even he didn't wild. even move like he did like yeah. he didn't he whatever he said should have been allowed to be said because it was not yeah. demonstrative and even if you're you should be allowed to like say some you got like chased off the court, off the court dude. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like <laughs> yelling him like going out yeah. go out like it's just ridiculous yeah, that was wild. Um, He's a menace, but, dude. Scott Foster is a menace. Something a little Harris. more wild. Also, also found on social media. I got. I was cracking up reading this. LeBron James tweet uh, referring to his son, <laughs> his son Bronny James. Uh, I should. I should have the tweet pulled up for you guys. But I'm, I'm sure most basketball fans, if you're listening, you probably saw LeBron's tweet. But he was basically just saying he was watching League Pass. And he was, he said it was, what did he say? It was lightweight, hilarious. He lightweight, hilarious. Lightweight. Yeah. He is lightweight the same way as low, low key. key. He said it's lightweight, hilarious. Like, Bronny's better than these guys or something, something along those lines. Basically saying that Bronny's better than some of the bench guys you will see in your casual Tuesday night league pass game. Which Was he, was he talking about Grant Williams? Was he talking about? No, Grant? that is what the no. internet. The internet oh, believes shit. that he was talking about Grant. Because I don't think throws. the Celtics had a league pass game anytime recently. No, on because he tweeted it Monday night. It was late Monday night is when he tweeted it, and it was after the Cavs, uh, Celtics game. Mm. So Grant Grant is like the plus three hundred favorite, I think, of who. <laughs> Who I feel like that's wild, and Bron definitely hates Grant Williams. You know that. He oh yeah, he like, definitely hates fuck Grant. Grant Williams because who, and, even the the Celtics don't even like Grant Williams, so <laughs> LeBron's not gonna like him. Yeah, Grant's a touchy subject for Celtics fans right now. He I mean, is. I only watch that. I mean, I you got how much time you got? <laughs> but I think I mean I think that'd be pretty crazy if that's who he was talking about because I. I'm fine with saying this. I don't think Bronny's a better basketball player than I don't Grant No, he's not right better. Now. No, he's not no. better. Mind you, can we also talk I do about think LeBron, there is guys on the back of bench that Bronny is better than. LeBron jinxed Bronny because he said this, and then Bronny got fucking torched in his state semifinal on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So I think LeBron really he, – he did Bronny no favors here. He just he put all that negative karma. Son. Dude, the, did you see what happened? Did you guys hear what happened? No. The kid, kid – I don't remember the kid's name. I'll look it up quick. Um but 
kid, he's a Duke commit, scored 28 points in the game. And after the game, he had a shirt already ready that said 0-4 because they beat Sierra Canyon four times this year. What a legendary uh, move. Holy <laughs> it was awesome. I got if only really he wasn't exactly. going to do Caleb, root for that kid. Can't root Caleb, for him now. But. Caleb Foster is his name. Damn. Um, yeah, let me find this quote quick. Oh, no, this is the wrong article. But, yeah, he, he, he shared like a towel ready or something already to go. <laughs> Said, oh, That's a savage move right there. It's that is kind of crazy to think about though that Bronny is even 0 4 to one singular team this year in high school. It's like, yes, I, I believe he's going to be good, and you know, I think it, you know, he's gonna have a great college career and he'll probably be good in the pros because he's LeBron James' son. But I feel like for how much hype he gets and for how like high of a standard he's held to it's kind of wild to even think that you can get like that this kid could get cooked in a game like that and go own four to the same team but besides the point just you know what's crazy me to talking me, high school ball you know what's crazy to me though and that's like exactly like you're 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 mocking yourself for that but there are dudes in twitter replies that are like when Bronny got ranked number nine this week on max preps or whatever they're like no way he's number nine it's like dude, there's no way you random kid with you haven't watched yeah. you've not watched any brawny tape ever how do you know what like well, not even you just the brownie tape. just not even brownie tape the guys around him you want to argue you gotta watch them all you gotta watch yeah. them all if you want to rank them <laughs> It's yeah, no, so that's that's that. weird behavior for sure, like, bro. Like how are you gonna tell the how are you gonna tell Draft Express on ESPN that he's wrong? Like, what are we talking yeah, about? Right. Uh, but anyways, I do well, think that the the Bron definitely Caleb Foster himself saw that and was like, "Oh, you think your kid's ready for the league?" and wanted to come out and just torch him. Yeah, that sucks for Bronny. <laughs> also, classic LeBron not playing has to get in the spotlight. Classic. Yeah. It's, it's classic like. LeBron. <laughs> and you know what? And to bring attention probably to Bronny in that moment that that game's <laughs> yeah. going, just make get Bronny in everybody's yes. minds, like talking about it. Nope. He's got a method to everything. He He's always does. Psycho. That tweet's been the in the tweet- drafts. That tweet's been in the drafts for like two years. He's just been waiting until the end. He's just been waiting since Bron- not ripped. even two years. Like since Brody was like twelve, he's like I'm gonna rip yeah. this one day. He has one. He has one for Bryce too. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, right. Bryce is locked. In. You are. You thought yeah. Brody was good. Wait till you see. <laughs> Ready, just sit. Yeah, there. next year it's gonna be a damn. Bryce is so much better than some of these guys at the end of Brody's bench in college. <laughs> Bryce should be on the court with Brody right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Wild, man. Oh, man. All right, let's get to this this last team here that, well, we have two more injuries to talk about, but this is an injury that could plummet another team in the Western Conference. We got Zion Williamson out at least another two weeks. Is the Pelican season toast? That is my question to you guys. Actually, Dude. let's rank who is the most toast out of these three teams. <laughs> the Suns, the Grizzlies, or the Pelicans? It's probably obviously the Pelicans. Uh, but. Dude, no, they're toast because Zion has not ever been healthy. And this happening again. Like, it's so I fun saw to some watch today. He, 
he's averaged 23 and a half games played since he a season since he's come into the league. Yeah, we should have known once his shoe blew up, guys. Game, we should have uh, known he was cursed when his shoe blew up in that game. Season. I know. That's I, like just, we should have known it was the omen that we should have seen. It's so sad because they it's could sad. be he so good. He just can't stay healthy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the obvious answer is the Pelicans, but I mean, my eyes are on the Grizzlies. They're slipping, and if Jod does not come back, the Grizzlies are not. I don't think oh you take Jod off the Grizzlies, they're not a playoff team. It's a cursed draft. It's a cursed draft. I don't ugh, trust me. one and two. Also, one and two. You guys know it from a couple years ago. It's insane. From the trading card side of it, the hobby side of it, the difference in the like demand and just the hype around the 1920 class chasing John Zion's to now, it's crazy. It's actually crazy because you have one guy you're like, is he going to play again due to health? And then you have another guy. Is he going to, can I trust him to play because of off the court issues? Yeah. And it's like, dude, well, it's I not just love- two. I would love for you to give me what the highest of a Duke Zion was even before the draft and now because the you difference has to be scared. like you don't want to know what the, Zion's the, like the, the difference like, is like a high the difference bro. is like a luxury car probably like a car oh you're probably getting. more than that you don't want to know the hype <laughs> that Zion had when he was like getting oh drafted into the league God. but it's it's just tough too and I say this too as just basketball fans these were potentially two of the most exciting guys we'd see in the next yeah. 10 years yeah. so it's just really tough to see um that they're both obviously going through completely different situations but it's keeping them both off the basketball court and that's just really really tough to see zion especially i mean is he just too big for the way he plays right is he just he's such a violent player is that really what it is i don't know is he taking is he ever taken it seriously is it him is it him just yeah that too putting in the work that question as well because he got in that good shape Whatever that the picture is cool, whatever, but it's managing it through the year too. Agreed. Maybe it's just the gumbo. Maybe he just can't play in New Orleans. <laughs> in my opinion, Yo, New Orleans. Have you guys, Gumbo's good down there. Have y'all ever been to New Orleans? Because I would I've never, be. I've never had, but I've had gumbo. I would be twenty pounds fatter if I was in New Orleans. And Chicago is <laughs> Chicago is that kind of city too. Like you definitely there's there's a lot of good stuff here, but New Orleans deep pizza. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a deep dish is cool. But it's not pizza. It's like a thin. We also it's lasagna. It's a deep dish. Lasagna, lasagna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Though. Jake, no, Jake, no run-ins with Pat Bev yet. No Pat Bev yet. I'll report back. I may be going to the Big Ten Championship on Sunday though. So maybe oh, see, yeah. maybe see somebody there. That would be cool. Nice. Pat might roll through to that if he doesn't have a game. Nice little upset today. So oh, oh, Iowa's out. So I'm hoping that. Yeah, you know, I, my State. plan is I'm waiting out the tickets though because I just think t- they're just going to keep going down as teams get eliminated. It's Try to sneak in there for like three dollars or something into the United Center, but that's where I mean that's where I think we'll get to see some bulls, but no Pat Bev yet. Nice. I Speaking need to get down. Chicago, I feel like he's going to do yeah. like a live. He's going to do like a live podcast at Barstool River North or something, and yeah, I'll go check them out there. That'd be dope. Yeah. Talking Chicago, Jake, do we want to be sad here with Chicago? Another guy who pro- hasn't been on the basketball court in a while. I, I've given, I, guys, this is, I've surgery. given up on Lonzo. It's just, it's just I gave up on Lonzo like six sad. months ago. It's just I've yeah. seen this story happen. It, it sounds like Greg Oden to me. It's just yeah. a degenerative knee that just is – it's not going to respond. Like he's not yeah. – he's whatever – his best case is like Sean Livingston at this point. 
Whereas his knee was so fucked that he lost all explosiveness and he just turns into like the smartest basketball player ever, which Lonzo could be, which Lonzo could be. Similar builds, Mm -hmm. I guess. Kind of similar game because Sean was kind of a little more like Lonzo before Sean's injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it sucks. It sucks for Lonzo it sucks. Ball. It really does. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, knock on wood here, but like LaMelo, obviously not to the same degree, but like he's been having the same injury issues since he's came Ankle in the, league. the like, whole time. Yeah. Yep, and just you know, just nagging stuff that really can't keep him on the court. This one with Lonzo though is just strange, man. Like six, they've had six opinions. Six, yeah, and, and just, they don't know what's wrong with it. Like crazy. that's insane. Like yeah. doctors telling him he shouldn't feel pain, and he said, you know, I still have crazy irritation in my knee. Um, it's tough, and it just makes the the landscape of the Bulls a lot harder to look at, and then to also process. We we were all all three of us were shocked that. A deal wasn't made at the deadline for this team. Obviously, they bring in Pat Bev, Pat Bev and a bio, but that's not a long term answer to anything. Um, it's fine for right now, but you know, Vucevic is only getting older. DeRozan's older. Levine, how much does he have left of that explosiveness? I mean, it's just it's looking real bad for Chicago. We might see we might see a blow up for the Bulls, um, and you guys might see a blow up here in these next few minutes because me and Jake. Are gonna do a little Homer Corner segment. <laughs> get get some Cavs Celtics. All right, so stuff Steve, this is chest. this is what you have to do is you have to give us out of one to ten after we we go on our oh, little thing wait. here. I can't wait. What, yeah, because I'm not. How, I, how much, I refuse. I refuse how much we're to overreacting. Talk yeah, he's I, Steve is Steve's not toning it, but you have to tell us how much we're overreacting. All right, Tony, I'll, do you want to yeah, go first? I'll, I'll be the unbiased. Yeah, yeah I'll go first. So with the Celtics, and this honestly came about because, as you know, the Cavs beat the Celtics in overtime to go. Well, you guys are three. Yes, but three see, you one. guys, you guys got so mad about that when you were missing three starters. I, I think that was. It was just the way it happened. It, I think if we well, had yeah, lost it was, and yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it didn't happen that way. I would have been way less angry. That's fair. Um, and it's also what I was going to say is that going into the game, we had blown a 28-point game against Brooklyn at home and then a 14-point lead, which I was at in person, another overtime loss against the New York Knicks when they didn't have Jalen Brunson. Um, so just a few ugly losses and then another ugly loss on Wednesday night to the Cavaliers because Grant Williams, all he had to do was make one free throw and we most likely go home. You guys had to go to the length the length of the court in like four seconds i think um he missed them both you guys win the ball game and it's just weird because the celtics the last week or so aside from last night they had a good team win last night but it's the blazers aside from the last week they were amazing on, on the season we know you know the start of the season they had was incredible the their month of november was like nothing we've ever seen and they're starting to look like in this last week a little bit like how they looked at the beginning of last year, where it was like, okay, they have mm. all this talent. Do the Jays need to be split up? Something's not working here. And obviously, it's not to that degree because they are still the two seed in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, the blown leads, and this is a team that had this crazy defensive identity last year. Where did that go? Um, it's just. Some games, it's almost like puzzling. It's like, why isn't this working? Like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are so good. And then 
it's like these bonehead mistakes at the end of games where they'll they'll have these crazy bad turnovers where it's like if you just held on to the ball you win that game mm-hmm. or you you know you can't get defensive stops against a Brooklyn team that best players Mikel Bridges and then a real big drop off after that and then the New York Knicks like you lose a game against the Knicks in overtime at home haven't beat the Knicks all season and then you lose without Jalen Brunson you let Emmanuel quickly and Julius Randle just absolutely beat you down um so you know the bounce back against Portland definitely tamed my rants a little bit last night you know Tatum had 30 and three quarters super efficient shooting got the dub easy win double digits and now we go on a huge six game road trip here against Mm. not so bad opponents but you know it's tough to win on the road in this league so positivity is a little back on but I'm definitely definitely uh, eyebrow raised at you know, this team in general and, you know, how much they want to fight, how much they want to win, the defensive intensity. And then Joe Mazzulla, because he's super young, first-year head coach. He's done great up until this point. But, you know, the those slip-ups happen, the double-digit losses, three losses in a row, all those things. Obviously, some of it falls on the coach. So maybe the th- big thing out of this is just keeping a closer eye on Mazzulla and see how he responds because – more than anything, I trust the core of this Celtics team. I'll, I'll be honest, Jake. I'm probably going to give you the win by default because I don't think Dunny needs to be concerned about this Celtics team. And, and for a number of reasons, I get it. There's a bump in the road. If you're going to you're gonna have that, though, right, you, you are always going to have your ups and downs with the team. And the Celtics have really no problems in the first half of the season besides just one or two weird games here. There's just no problems. If you want to get it out, Dunny, now's the perfect time to get it out, right? To just have those little kinks, just those weird things that are happening. Now's the time to get it out before the playoff starts. We know the Celtics can be one of the top seats in the Eastern Conference. We know they have the experience. And the biggest reason why I'm not concerned about the Celtics is their two best players, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are having their two best individual seasons of their career. And that right there, I think, is the biggest reason why I'm not concerned. It'd be one thing if they were really struggling a little bit. But like you said, Tony, it's just been a lot of stupid mental stuff. It's been a lot of really dumb mistakes, kind of collapsing leads. I can forgive the Celtics for that because they check every single other box. The defense has been concerning, but the defense hasn't really been what it was last year, really at any point this season. So I'm okay with the Celtics. I think coming up, like you said, Dunny, they got a six-game road trip, and they're playing some really bad defenses in there, which include the Rockets, the Trailblazers, the Kings, the Hawks. If they start, if they lose, like let's say they even if they the three and three, okay, that that might be a little bit like a yellow flag. They go two and four, maybe a red flag there. But I think this is kind of where it's going to have the Celtics. It's a long road trip, kind of gets you back in the swing of things. I'm not concerned. I'd be concerned if it, if everyone was playing bad on the Celtics, but their stars are still playing well. They've had, just had weird games, and like you said, against the Cavs. I know it was the way they lost, but look at the roster they had going up there. And I know they blew a big lead, and I know they had the stinker against the Knicks. I know they blew a big lead before with the Nets game. But you got to look at the roster they threw out there. I still think top to bottom, if you're looking at like maybe an eight-man rotation that every single playoff team could do, not many teams 
can really have what the Celtics have with their rotation. They have the best guard depth, I believe, in the NBA. They have that superstar with Tatum, and they have a secondary superstar with Jalen Brown, who could be the guy on, I would say, half of the teams in the league, right, if it was just his team. So I don't really have too many concerns for the Celtics. I know it is, you know, a little bit concerning, but Jake, we got to remember who we're talking to. We're talking to a Boston fan. They only know winning. You know, you got the Bruins who I don't even think have double digit regular season losses yet. The Patriots have won more Super Bowls in in Dunny's lifetime than everyone else is going to see in their their lifetime. Right. And the Celtics have just, they've just been the that the Celtics are just successful. The Celtics just win. They had a, a one or two seasons, so we're not good. And then they're just winning championships again. So we got to remember, Jake, we're talking to a Boston fan here. He only knows a 55-win Celtics team here. So he sees one struggle loss. He's like, uh-oh, this team might be dumb. Donnie, you'll be all right. You'll be, you'll be okay, all right, Donnie? You'll be all right. Thank you for the kind words, Steve. You needed that. <laughs> I think the only valid question you have is what does Joe Missoula do in these situations? And that's just an unknown. It doesn't mean that he's going to be bad in these playoff situations. We just haven't seen it. And we know, and the thing is he is either fair, I guess fairly, he's going to be compared to Ime in those situations the whole time. And you talked about the defensive identity that might've been it too, but this team was special offensively to start the year special. And it hasn't, doesn't look like it's that except for the fact Here's where I will turn into my my rants as I will start it off. Uh-oh. That your team with three players missing, at least at the start of this game, the Cavs figured it out in the second half. I don't think the Cavs figured it out. I think the the Celtics, I think the main reason the Celtics lost that game is it was a road back-to-back and they were just tired. If it was a normal yeah. game, they would have ran the Cavs Jaylen out Brown of the building. Jalen Brown played 41 minutes the game. And before. then he played like he played like 45 again against the Cavs, like something yeah. crazy. Um, the Cavs are the best defense in the NBA. They are 23rd best defense defending the three-point in the NBA. There's something very wrong with that and something very skewed about how good they are defensively. I think people are getting caught up in that because if you're worth the 23rd, like I, I have a screenshot of it on my phone. I should have pulled it up first because I, I looked this up the other day because I was so mad and I was like, I need to know that like my eyes are not deceiving what I've watched all year because <laughs> this team like randomly, re- yes. So right here, they are in the midst. The worst team in the league, San Antonio, lets up 39% from three, which is just just horrible. But the Cavs let up 37% from three on the year. That's an elite three-point shooter. They are letting up yeah. from three the year. They are in they are in line with defensive juggernauts like the Houston Rockets, 37 and a half points. Um the Indiana Pacers actually in there, Brooklyn, 37.3, Portland, Minnesota. Like these are teams that are not like the best defensive teams in the league. They're getting torched. They're getting torched on the perimeter. And it's an issue that I think has as much to do with the problem they have offensively. And it is that when they play Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together, they have problems guarding the perimeter and they have problems. They have problems creating offense from the perimeter. They can't – Garland and Mitchell, I, what I tell you guys, they can't guard shit. That's my, yeah. my, my biggest concern before trading for Donovan Mitchell. I told you I didn't want it to happen because they won't be able to guard anything. And you know what they can't do? They can't guard shit. They don't do anything. <laughs> they don't get in anybody's face. They don't – and it, they're, the guards will get what they want. So it's a lot of pressure on Mobley and out. Or, yeah, Mobley and out. They're great down low defensively. 
But when you stretch them out, they are not great perimeter defenders. Mobley is much better than Allen. But Dunny, they were putting Allen in actions all night and then just pulling up on him because he just would drop. And he would not come up on them. And they're just Muscala's drilling in his face. Everybody's just drilling in Jared Allen's face. And I'm sitting here losing my mind, as you guys know. And it was it's just the realization in that game also. Jared Allen, no Robert Williams, no Al Horford. Jared Allen should be dominating that game, and he has five points offensively. And it's because I think he, really, I think he ended the game with five rebounds too. Yeah, and it's because only him and Mobley. What happened? And this is why I'm not as angry as I was the other night because last night the Cavs. I think JB looked at that game and was as angry as all the Cavs fans were while watching that game. They played eight guys. They played. They sat Seti. They sat. Dean Wade, and it was Lamar Stevens, Ricky Rubio, and Karis LeVert on the bench, and that's it. And what that means is that they're playing small ball. They want to play basically Mobley and Allen as the bigs. They're going to play small and get as much shooting around them and everything, and that is a failure on the team build because Mobley, and that's saying that your best way, not a failure, I shouldn't say, but right now, the way that they are the best team that they can be is if those two are not on the floor together. And one of those dudes is a number four overall pick, and one's a $100 million man. And that's not a situation that is sustainable. But the Cavs right now, I think JB did a smart thing last night, is that he's like, well, I can't keep trying to be these two different things. I can't be trying to be two different teams. I need to just lean into my fastball, lean into this small ball and this slug it out defensive team Hope that Mitchell and Garland can create enough offense on their own that will be in competitive in these games. And one of them could go off for crazy points. Hope Mobley keeps doing what he's doing and just make it ugly. And just that's all that's the only thing they can do. But they if they get into if they get into any kind of firefight at this point with Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, they're going to get run out of gyms because they can't guard the perimeter and they can't score to keep up with these teams. And that's why I think that eventually there is an Allen issue that I was talking about before that they have to really look at in the summer. Yeah. I mean, you bring up good points, Jake. I think, like you said, the biggest agreement I have with you with the biggest concern is just stretching the floor, both offensively and defensively with Mobley and Allen up there at the same time. And I talked about how Mobley is getting a little more aggressive offensively. And I like that. And he's starting to shoot a little bit more, but he's still shooting 20% from three. He's still not really a threat from the outside. And we know as much as I love Jared Allen, he is a 0% threat outside of the paint. So it, it is tough, and and I think too, like I I think that if you look at the Cavs, Garland, Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, whatever order you want to put them in, Mobley and Allen are two of your four best players. And coming up in the playoffs, if they're going to go with this short rotation, small ball rotation, and you're going to play the majority of the game with not all of your four best players on the court at the same time, that is a big concern. That is a big concern. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But that's still a big concern. And I wouldn't call it a failure of a roster build, but it's just it's just not good. No, and that's that's too far too, because they've no. it's it's a roster that can right. work and but they're cle- they're leaning into this weird lineup and this weird short lineup because they don't really have a better option. And that's and the thing I want to cut off to is Kevin Love is not the better option, people. No, he it no, was no, not no, no. he wasn't not making that rotation no. either. No. No. I've seen too no. much of that shit too. Yeah. That's no, but, but that is the thing. That's the biggest concern because now when you look at these playoff series, when you're facing teams like Boston, like Milwaukee, yeah. like Philly, like New and York, I think, you're relying on Donovan Mitchell to score 35-40 a night, and you shouldn't have to do that yeah. with the team you have. So I, I, think, I, agree the benefits with you. I think it too, is 
I think the benefits too of sitting those guys is that they they looked at Lavert, Wade, and Osman, and we're like, all of these guys are inconsistent. <laughs> They're like, none of these, we don't know which one of them is gonna do anything on any given night. So let's just play Karis because he's the best one out of the group and he is the most he's not consistent, but he has the highest upside and he is probably the I'd say Dean Wade's probably the best defender, but Karis hasn't been a bad defender all year. I think that's what I think that's the only lineup. And I should mention Lamar Stevens in there, who just literally came out of nowhere and tortured Dunny on Monday night with like seven offensive rebounds. Played so well. (laughs) And that's what he does. He just shows up and he's ready all the time. And I think that he earned his spot. Those guys that just shows up in spots when you never expect him to and plays well. That's why all Cavs fans love Lamar Stevens. Because he just just kind of shows up when they need him to show up the most, even though you don't expect it. And he just plays great basketball. I mean, that's why they love Lamar season. Is he one of the best players? No. Should he probably start? No. But he he is someone who comes off the bench, and he's just one of those guys that just in the right spots. When everything else is going wrong in that game for the Cavs, Lamar Stevens was going right. It's crazy, man. And it's just – we'll see. I, I'd, I'd rather ride out an eight-man rotation, honestly. like you, I'm in very much in favor of shortening the bench when it comes down to this time. So if that's JB's answer and that's what he wants to try out because they're in a battle right now, like they can move up. They are they are still keeping pace with the with Philly just mm-hmm. enough that they're within striking distance. But they're in like a no man's land because they're like two and a half back of Philly. So it's like a little too far to really just catch up in a week or it's going to be like a two week thing. And New York's behind them and they're kind of on their tails, but they're also two and a half games back. So it, it's like. They really, if they're if they're just even, they're probably going to be fine. But they can make some moves up here if they want to get to back to how they were playing. But if you look at the biggest concern that I have is you look at the last month of the schedule. They haven't beaten a good team. The last good team that they, I mean, True. last night was a good win, but they haven't beaten a good team since the Grizzlies. And we know what the fuck's going on with the Grizzlies right now. And before that, it's it's going back into like January, and that's a problem. Yeah, man. The uh, I'm glad. It is funny that you get to a point in this season, Jake. I, I feel like me and you emotionally were on the same page with during that Cavs Celtics game. Like we're sixty plus games in here. You know what you you know what you need to get yeah. from your team. Yeah, we've been good sports, fucking <laughs> putting up with bad losses earlier in the year. You know, we've had the highs, we've had the lows, but now it's like okay, it's kind of we're like, I think what you said resonated too. It's like. Give me that eight-man rotation and please stick to it because I need to know who I'm going to be watching in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of at a similar page. Like I, I really like the Celtics bench, but it is troubling some games. Like, is it going to be Grant again in the playoffs this year, or like Hauser has been playing out of his mind lately? He's been actually defending, which I didn't think he could do. He had two blocks um, last night against the Trailblazers. Blake Griffin's been putting his body on the line every time he's in the on the court for the Celtics. So it's like, what does that eight-man rotation look like? What are the answers going forward now? And, yeah, I think me and you got to that point wondering that about our, our respective teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's getting um, to that time. It's just getting to that time of year, too, where it's like it's all fun. It's all fun, like, when you're at – especially when you're, like, cruising at the top and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, like, yeah. whatever. Like, we're the fourth seed, but we'll make to the pl- – or we're the two – we're the one seed or two seed all year. We'll be fine, whatever. And then you start getting close to it and you understand the ramifications of every game and everything. You're like, oh, fuck, no. Like, there is that turn. It's March. 
Yeah. It's just it March, is. baby. March. It hits the it, this is the best NBA March we've ever had. Like it, really, it, we've talked about that a couple weeks ago, I think. And it's definitely shaping up for that. Definitely shaping up. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh we to end the news here, we already talked about it's funny. That was definitely the longest news and notes segment we've ever had. <laughs> um but we already talked about both these guys. But did you guys see Draymond's thoughts on Dylan Brooks on his podcast from yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, so that I just I thought that was so crazy because I think like a, a week ago or like a week and a half ago, Dylan Brooks was asked about Draymond and he basically was like, Oh, like Draymond's game's cool, but it's not for me. Like he said that Draymond talked too much and this and that. And Draymond basically just came at him with every receipt possible. Like <laughs> he said that he got too many like Brooks said that he got too many technicals. This is how I knew the thing about Draymond only mm-hmm. having one less. He was like, yeah, I got one less than your dumbass," And like was just coming at Dylan Brooks, you know, dropping the four time NBA champion, four time <laughs> all star defensive player of the year. He was like, you'd be talking way more than me if you had any of those awards under your belt. Um, and now those two get to play each other tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that Grizz yeah. Grizz Warriors game right when we finished recording here. Um, but yeah, just. I think it was, you know, as much as I dislike Draymond and the shit talking he can do sometimes, it's even worse when Dylan Brooks does it. And it was it was kind of nice to see Draymond put him in his place there. I think they're just um, they're just uh one of my favorite things in the world, wrestling. I think that they are they're just heal both healing it up, knowing that they got a big matchup coming up. You're coming to the town. They're like, We just gotta hype this up and just Decided to give a little chirps at each other, just make it a little more interesting. <laughs> T- hey, TNT ain't gonna complain about it, that's for sure. They're no. they're happy as can be. And Draymond, a TNT employee, just saying. Yeah, sure, yeah. Boost those numbies for, for the game today. <laughs> yeah. Um, neither of these two teams that we just talked about will be in our happy hour hoops power rankings. No, but that is what we have for you guys that. now. The power rankings are here for this week at number one. We have new number one this week, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. On an absolute I think it's the tear. first time. Yeah, I think it's the I first think time. It is I think so too. Their win streak was snapped, but they're already back on another two-game win streak. Um, I mean, there's there's not much to say. We it's we I feel like we've tried to keep them out of the spot because of they win boring and they will continue to win boring whether we mm-hmm. like it or the rest of the NBA likes it or not. Um, so they they deserved it. And then I thought with the lull that the Celtics have been on, it was time for them to get knocked down a few notches. That's why the Denver Nuggets are number two. Um, I think they deserve it. I mean, Jokic. You know, between what he's doing on the court, him being in all the MVP talks, him having to try to block out all the craziness that comes from first take every day talking about oh him. Oh, my God. It's, it's been a week. It's, it's actually been a week. the worst. Yeah. It's been a week. Um, so I think, you know, they're deserving of number two for that reason. I'm sure you guys agree. Yep. Celtics, I mean. I, I, what do you guys think? Do I do I have the C's too high, too low? No, I, I put them there. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop them. I I think you can still make the argument Celtics at two, but I wouldn't drop them lower than three. Gotcha. And then Philly. I mean Philly's. Oh, I do want to talk about James Harden, man. Like I I got to give credit where credit's due. James Harden is. 
You've seen it. You know it. You know when that game turns from regular season to playoffs, the equation changes for James Harden. Oh, I'm, right cool there, March, yeah. I'm right there cool with you, March. Jake, because they're, they're doing the same thing they do every year. They're teasing <laughs> us, Donnie. He's getting oh, red he's hot getting at hot. the right time. Everyone's falling in love getting with the Philly again. And then they're going to disappoint with an early exit in the playoffs. It just it happens all the time. Dunny, I know you should what you should want. Get flowers, but come on, Donnie. We, how many times have we seen this story? Donnie, the two know, seed but... is your dream. You would you guys would mentally dominate James Harden in a playoff series, and that would be the easiest walk to the conference finals to hopefully the Cleveland Cavaliers, but probably the Milwaukee Bucks in that scenario. <laughs> Uh, I just think over the last week, him having the 38-point game and then the 20-assist game, like, I just – I guess I thought those hardened days were behind us because of what we saw last year, and we are like, yeah, he's still good, but is he that? Like, can he ever be the Houston James again? And obviously not for a full season. But I think it is just crazy. Like, it, it seems Do you guys to be- know that – I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you know that like it's no like the biggest rumor in NBA circles or like well thought source rumor is that he's going to Houston in the offseason? Like he wants that, that's I where he's gonna that. go. What? I keep seeing that. Rosillo and Bill Simmons were talking about it and they said it's they said it for on to LA. Like everybody just knows it's happening. That's <laughs> really interesting. That'd be really uh, the Houston I mean... Rockets, who we were just just gonna bring in all that. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's he gonna do? Just put up his forty and twenty? That he like? What is the point? Anyway, sorry, Danny. That's just crazy to me. No, I just think that the Embiid Harden thing is like clicking in a way that not many of us saw happening, yep. or at least not to this degree. But you're right. Like, I, it probably is just, and not that I care if the Sixers burn and, and <laughs> you know mess this up, but. It does seem like it's working, but you guys are probably right where it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. And I don't know. I, I, I guess individually, I just want to give Harden for those few performances the last couple of weeks. I mean, 20 that's assists in a, in a game is crazy. That, yeah, that's impressive. Here's the question. That was his second you, time getting 20 this year, right? Second yeah. time getting 20 this yeah. year. That's crazy. Here's that my question crazy. for you, Dunny. Do you think Sixers yes. right now? Yes, they do. Wait, what did you say? Sorry, you, you skipped a little bit. Oh my bad, my bad. Do you think James Harden? You skipped again. I missed it. Steve, is this me? Yeah, no, it skipped on me too. It skipped on me too. It Can must you be hear a me now? Question. Good. Yeah. Can you yeah. hear me now? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think Sixers fans trust James Harden? Oh no. yes, because no. they're delusional. I think they do. <laughs> No way. No. It's no either way. yes because no they're delusional. No, but here's the thing. That's perfect. Because it's either no way or it's yes because they're delusional. And that's the both of those are right. Both of those answers are right. Because either they're delusional or they're they're right. And it's no, you shouldn't trust James Harden. That yeah, was my I really, that I was my loaded do, question. Bro. I can hear you guys. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, no, you skipped that a little bit. My bad. I, I thought I I didn't know what you said the first time. I think I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I do think they, I think they trust him. And I think it's because I think it's because of those games. I think they, I think all they have to really worry about is how well Embiid does. And they're like, Oh, Embiid's in the MVP conversation. James Harden's our second best player and look how good he is. And these 20 assist games or 38 point games he can put up. 
And they haven't had it yet. They haven't had them in the playoffs yet. They don't know what's coming. So I think for right now, they're bought in. They're like, they probably think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. They also, them getting to snap Milwaukee's streak was just. Yeah. That's horrible the, confidence boost. That's for that yeah, group. there goes the head right true. there. The head that's inflates true. right there on that one. Well, hey, let them have that then. Let them have their uh, let them have their March national championship. That's fine by me. That's what I would say about Knicks fans too. I'm like, yep, just what you want is the peak in March. That's that's what most <laughs> teams are trying to do. <laughs> right, right there, right before the playoffs start. That's when you want to be playing your best basketball. Then when the playoffs start, you trail off and you lose in the second yeah. round. Um, how about the Sacramento Kings, though? Let's bring them back up. Yeah, because this is their I, debut. Happy Hour Hoops favorite at this point. We we talked about them as the league pass, like one of our darlings on the league pass. This team, they might just be good. They might not just be fun. They might just be good. Second in the West now. They have a, a legitimate the mo- chance been- to end as the two seed, and they've been probably one of the best, if not the best, team post All Star break. And they've been the most consistent besides Denver yeah. in the West all year long. They, they have not fluctuated. They have been this great all year long. It's impressive. Agreed. To the Kings. Sabonis and Fox are, like, so are just fun, nasty. Bro. They're both so Dude, fucking so good. good. Like You just They're have so those two, and then they have a good roster around those guys. But those two can carry you, I think, a long way. What? Maybe how Monk maybe wins six man of the year? Monk, Monk, the resurgence of Monk, Keegan Murray just being like the one of the best shooters in the league, like stepping like they everybody wrote like rightfully I think we're questioning when they picked him if it was gonna ha- like what the plan was, was and he's just Keegan not. Murray, though. I won't forget Regan that. Murray. He's been Regan unbelievable. Murray? He's been awesome. Yeah. He's got um, what like sixty more threes than the next rookie, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's that, been yeah. crazy. He didn't he? Yeah, it's, he's just he's been on a tear. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, but no Isn't one's gonna trust too? it until they're in the conference finals or something. <laughs> didn't Malik Monk? I think Malik Monk almost went back to the Lakers in free agency yep. and then chose the Kings. I think that's how that went down. Well, good I choice. Could be wrong. But and then like the the also on top of all of the Kings' success, like. Just the Kings calling their shot and trading away Halliburton for Sabonis. Yep. And like how well it's like they knew where the roster was right now. Yeah. That's what it needed. And it's crazy too because the way it looked right after initially after the trade and then the start of this year it's like wow they got fleece they got fleece they got fleece Halliburton (laughs) and Halliburton's gonna be an unbelievable point guard he's already an unbelievable point guard. We and I say this every time when we talk about the Kings. The Kings got a great player back too in Demontis Sabonis. He is yeah, unbelievable, yeah. and he yeah. has elevated this team yeah. offensively to and another he's better, level. He's better than he's ever been right now, too. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So good on the Kings, man. Which, I mean, we'll hope to hopefully the Beam team can can make some noise in the playoffs, but we'll see. Honorable mentions. I threw the Suns in there before the the I had to news take came out today. No, yeah, I, I was. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot we took about yeah. Cavs, <laughs> Cavs honorable mention. Next, we, they, then, no, they could be here because I just I wanted to put a third West team, and I'm like, we can't. Like, there's nobody to put. So b- the beginning of this week, I had the Cavs in, or I had the Suns in our power rankings at the five mm-hmm. spot, and then the KD or then the the Kings took the second seed in the West, and I was like, okay, they have to be in over the Suns. Mm-hmm. I'll put the Suns at honorable mention, and then. The the KD news they they shouldn't be in the honorable yeah. mention. No. It's tough. I mean KD yeah. and Booker. I was like they should be here just for those two as is. But yeah, Cavs, Knicks. I mean the Knicks are surging, man. Like 
The Knicks, Jay. I wouldn't. I wasn't gonna put the Cavs. But then in, they lose to Charlotte. They lose to the Hornets. The, they're thing, they're I, surging I and made, then they lose to no, Charlotte. No, because because I have to be consistent, Johnny. I have Without to be consistent because I have said all year that if you if like you got somebody texted me about Tatum going off against the Hornets, I was like, all right, it's against the Hornets. Like anybody who has texted me, they're going off against the Hornets. Somebody, somebody, I just look. I'm like, it doesn't count. That's like that's like playing on pro on 2K. Like it, now I'm gonna say rookie. That's disrespectful, but pro. Like, they're not putting up shit, bro. They're not doing anything to you. You're you're getting your buckets. You might miss some jumpers, but you're getting your buckets. They lost to that team. And it wasn't like it was a choke down the end, too. Like it was just bad execution. I watched it because I'm a sicko and I hate the Knicks and don't want them to do good things. And it was really enjoyable. And I, I paid for the price of the Sabres at the, at the same time, but I think it was worth it. Yeah. No, I think that is worth it. Um, but who is the third West team then? Who is it? Who's the third best West team right now? Who would you take if you couldn't take the Nuggets or the Kings and you had to pick a West team to make the finals? Who would you pick? Clippers. 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 I hate it oh so much. Oh my God. You guys. I hate it so I know. I hate it so much. I'm, ta- I'm taking a healthy Kawhi with Paul George as the oh. number two. They have two big men they can rotate in. I've liked what I've seen from Westbrook there. I know you'll have your turnovers every now and there, but he's that true point guard, a guy who can run the offense through that they need. Yeah. And I, I say this every time. I say this all the time with certain players, but Kawhi is in that category. People forget when healthy in these big games, he's a top five player in the NBA. And mm. I will still argue that if you go a playoff series right now and we're doing a draft and we're like, you get one player, you got to draft one player for just the playoff series. Kawhi Leonard's going in my top five. He is yeah. because we see him do okay. this every okay. year. Here's my counter because the, I, I'm not picking the Clippers. And I talk shit on this well, team. I'm just earlier. sure as hell not taking the Warriors. That's why I'm taking. Oh, I, that's my number one pick is the Warriors. I'm taking the Warriors. They don't. It they is, don't it, win it, on the road, and they don't play enough defense for me to trust them. I think have, it's fair to take the them. One just guy. They have the number one guy. It's Steph Curry. Is you said top five Kawhi? Uh, number one on that list for me is Steph. In the play, yeah. and Clay has been awesome. It's fair. I mean, Clay I can't argue awesome. that. Do you guys see? I just tweeted this from our Twitter, but. Clay Thompson starting at power forward tonight. The game that starts, <laughs> that's the most the game that starts that's in the most three minutes. That's the most what? All time. They're allowed to play six, small balls. He is possible. six seven. He is six seven though. And they don't, Kaminga, have, they don't bro. have Clark. Steve, Steph Curry, oh, Jordan Poole, Divincenzo, Clay Thompson, oh, Draymond Green. Divincenzo oh, and Divincenzo. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's a oh, small ball. How, how many threes are they going to take tonight? Yeah, What's bet the on the dump side. Can we bet on their total threes taken? Because I want I'm sure, to yeah. 58. Like, it's yeah. going to be ridiculous. That's absurd. I've All right, you guys want to end with a quick this or that? Let's about do it. Let's do it. The team we just talked about. Okay. Happy Hour Hoops, this or that. Would you guys rather, out of these two teams, would you rather be the Kings a two seed poised to make a playoff push. We just talked about it. Or the Detroit Pistons, great, talented, young team, and they'll probably have a decent shot at Victor Wembanyama, Wemby, in the lottery in the NBA draft. So who are you taking? Kings, who probably won't make a conference final, but they're they're in the playoffs. You know, it'll be a hell of a run for them. You, you're, you know, Kings fans are ecstatic right now. Or the Pistons, who have, you know, Arguably just as a, an exciting roster as the Sacramento Kings, but just no success this year. Bottom of the league. But again, they might get Wembenyana in the draft. 
Go ahead, Jake. If Cade wasn't hurt, I'd probably pick the Pistons, but I'm scared that Cade got hurt. And I'll take the team that's winning right now over the theoretical winning of the Pistons. Although getting Wemby would change that equation, obviously. But it's an if right now, so it's hard to take it on the if. And also, I have to, I mean, I should say bias, but this is just like my belief. I love De'Aaron Fox, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if Ivy or Cunningham will be better than De'Aaron Fox. It's no shade to either of those guys. Cade very well could be better than De'Aaron Fox, but that's still asking a lot of development for him, and Fox is only getting better. Um, So I think that's what it is for me more than that. But it's tough because of the Wemby prospect. Even Scoot, even just having the number, if they have a number two pick and could trade it for somebody – like an established guy to bring in with the young guys. Like they're just the options that they could have with those high picks would be enticing. I'm going Kings. I say this all the time. Kings are my favorite league pass team. They just play such exciting basketball. But I think the big reason, and Jake already brought it up, you're not guaranteed Wemby with the Pistons, right? You're not guaranteed. The Rockets and Spurs still exist. They are still basketball teams in the NBA. So I got to go with the Sacramento Kings. I still think the Kings can get better. I know Sabonis is up there a little bit. Harrison Barnes up there a little bit. Fox is still young. Murray's obviously a rookie this year. He's super young. I, I kind of like the Kings. I think maybe they could bring something in next year to help them. But we'll see how far it goes. But the big thing is the West is wide open. The West is wide open this year. You have a lot of good teams. You have the Grizzlies trending downward and the Pelicans trending downward. That at the start of the year, we thought were huge threats. Huge threats, both trending downward. Denver has been the best team in the West all year. They lead by seven games. But Denver has never really been trusted in the playoffs yet. They haven't had playoff success. And then you have the Warriors, who are the most experienced team, probably the best playoff experienced team here, but they've had their own problems all year Mm. long. Can't win on the road, can't play defense. So you're telling me you get the Sacramento Kings, possible two, even three seed. Also, the Suns trending downward because they lost KD due to injury. Mm Mm-hmm possibly getting a home playoff series or two home playoff series. You got to take that. Sacramento would be electric. They haven't had this in how long, guys? I mean, that's a team I got to pull for. I got to go with the Sacramento Kings because I think the West is wide open. I think this is a fun team. This is an exciting team, and you never really know what could happen. I'd rather take that than just the chance of getting Victor Wembanyama. How do you think the NBA would feel about a Cavs-Kings finals? They would just like they it wouldn't it gets shown on like ESPN U or something. They just be like no, ESPN, ESPN, ESPN News. ESPN Plus like only broadcasts. Like we're they're just, just like, I, mean, I, it on the I NBA would app. love it. I would they'd be a, no, you know what? Le, shout out LeBron, it'd be a league pass final. You'd need NBA <laughs> League Pass to watch that final. LeBron would be like, yo, Bronny <laughs> could be playing in these finals right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. that – it's so I would real, also though, love Sacramento. that, but that would be that would be the lowest rated finals ever, oh, ever, ever, oh, ever, 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 ever. But I'm just, I'm just saying. The sure. thinking of the Kings, like we, they are, they have to be thought of as a finals. Can, they are the most consistent team in the West be. besides the Nuggets. They've been Agreed. the most consistent all year long. Like that says something, and that team is built for playoff basketball too. Like they have options everywhere, and veterans who have been around and been in tough playoffs like Harrison Barnes is going to bring so much to that in that a playoff situation like I trust that guy implicitly explicitly in a playoff situation they're going to be so much for fun. sure oh my god my 
my answer to the this or that is I uh, it's tough. Like as a fan, I would probably take Kings right now. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I'd rather be the Pistons just because it might literally just be because how much I've grown to like Jay Navi and Jalen Duran this year. Mm-hmm. Like they're both just so Fantastic. damn good awesome, and fun guys. to watch. And then like you said, Jake, like even if the pick isn't Wemby, like just adding another lottery pick to this group and then you know fingers crossed that Cade comes back normal if he's his normal self they have you know big beef stew isaiah stewart down low still they have duran they have ivy who's an incredible talent if this team somehow did land wemby geez man they the the detroit pistons would be scary but you know that's all that's all ifs and the kings are are currently doing it so it, it is a tough one, but I think I'd go Pistons. And yeah, that, that can be a show, fellas. How are we feeling? That was a great show. It's March, baby. Yeah. It's March. Let's it's go. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. Going to watch the 200 college basketball games. Oh, dude. I, I am giving the multicast on ESPN Plus the big, biggest workout I've ever gotten today. Oh, it's bad, just been bad, bad, this streams just everywhere. It's amazing. Love it's amazing. it. Amazing. Yeah, so we got we'll, we'll have some some March Madness coverage coming up. We'll have you know obviously our shows are always more NBA centric, but we'll have some more college hoops March Madness centric shows in the future as soon as the tourney starts. But for now, it's Steve, it's Jake, it's myself, Dunny. This has been Happy Hour Hoops. Follow us on all socials at Happy Hour Hoops One. Follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow the three of us. And yeah, later guys. See you guys.